This Doug and Danny podcast brought to you by Cunningham's Journal. Cunningham's Journal, the only bar you need to know in Carney. And good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Doug and Daddy Show here on ESPN Tri-Cities. Doug Duda, Jim Langan with you on this Wednesday of Snowmageddon in between what could possibly be a couple of things of snowstorms. And uh, we will talk about the biggest win for Nebraska in quite some time, staying undefeated out in the uh, year, belie- year bo- beginning uh, bowling tournament in Las Vegas. Uh, the Huskers are undefeated through the first two days, Jimmy. Yeah, really exciting. Doug, you know, the uh, out scored them by three points at the three-point line. Um, three points. You have no idea what I just said. Yeah, I did. What did I just say? Talk about Nebraska and winning the, after the bowl games. The, the record after the bowl games. About one of the biggest wins they've ever Nebraska had. Nebraska bowling is undefeated oh, in Las Vegas. I thought Vegas. you were talking about the biggest story of the day. And you want to talk basketball? All right, let's go bowling. <laughs> let's go bowling. Hell, I, I was all ready to go for that. I didn't think we'd even uh, – um, you, you, you fooled me. You did that intentionally. You knew what I wrote down. Yeah, you, you did that intentionally. Everybody wants right. to talk about. Right. Everybody wants to talk about basketball. Right. Nobody wants to talk well, about the what. Nebraska bowling team, you know, who's just still undefeated going into the finals. Well, today. they did well, and, and you know, here's the thing: they're just doing so good picking up spares, Doug. They've got to get their spares. You know, when you miss, you got to pick up the spare. You just can't have it open because then you get that extra ten when you get a strike the next time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's right. And then uh, I, I'm, I'm, the names forget me. I can't remember her third best bowler is right now in her name, but uh, I'll get right back to you on that. Okay, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, Creighton men's basketball win last night. You know, when you're struggling, it's good to play the two worst teams in your league, and that's what they have done against Georgetown and DePaul, and they get the win 84-58. Baylor Shireman and Ryan Kalkbrenner each had 15 points, and they will host St. John Saturday. Creighton women are at home tonight as they take on Butler. Uh, Hastings College basketball teams are in action tonight. Uh, they'll be at Mount Marnie, and we'll have those for you on KHS. And Iowa State, what a nice win for Iowa yes. State. You know, beating Houston. Who would have thought that, that the number two team in the nation might get taken down? Uh, but of course, they're the home team, and Iowa State's the home team. But uh, any other? was there any other games that you wanted to talk about? Well, yeah, number two team. I mean, who I mean, goes on? They're the la- they were the last undefeated 14-0, team. 14-0, yeah. You go on the road, you get beat as a top team coming out of – you know, you probably, for most of these schools, aren't back to school yet. Colorado and, State got beat last night, too, uh-oh. by Boise. You know, Colorado State had that nice record, and they were ranked, uh, I think, around 10th in the nation, and I think Boise beat them, which is not an upset. I think Boise was even favored, you know. but Nebraska basketball, Joe Lenardi updated his bracketology yesterday morning, so they were after the weekend games and Monday games. And a week ago, Nebraska was the first team out, or first te- last team in, excuse me, now they were the second team out. So how do you think last night's result and the drubbing of Purdue by – oh, we won. How do you think that will help them? I'll move them up about ten slots. I hope so. I mean uh, – They need a little – They need. Purdue has – their record is one better than Nebraska. The problem is they've beaten Arizona, Gonzaga, Marquette. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing. I mean, we, we want to let's – be, let's be fair – Nebraska is three and three in quadrant one and quadrant two games. The Kansas State game, Doug, is absolutely huge. Um, the Creighton, we lost to Creighton eighty nine sixty. Let's don't forget that a home game at Lincoln lost eighty nine to sixty. Well, the Purdue game kind of made up for that. 
uh, as far as what they're looking at. Because they, they don't look at your record. They don't see the, the Sacramento State game or South Dakota State or North Dakota. Those games don't mean much to the NCAA committee when they start deciding who gets in and who doesn't. It's these quadrant one and two wins. And you lose that Wisconsin. Um, which they expected him to do. That's a quadrant one loss. You win it, uh, you lose to Creighton. That's a quadrant one loss. Um, I believe the Minnesota game, since it was there in the top 50, Minnesota is now, that would be a quadrant one loss because it was on the road. But your quadrant one wins are Kansas State on the road and and beating Purdue at home and possibly, possibly they're going to get credit later on. We don't know for Indiana's win at home. Uh, that could be a, a a really big win later on, maybe Michigan State. But you know, but we're really just three and three in these quadrant one and two games. But we before we've been zero and six yeah, or one and five. You know what I mean? This is a, amazing what Nebraska has accomplished. Got to start somewhere. And how exciting it was last night! It wasn't quite a sellout officially. They say as far as the attendance down there in Lincoln, and part of that is where you're at, and part of that is the weather and all that. But Nebraska, the the key to me was after Purdue made that run to start the second half. Nebraska ends the first half on a 13-0 run against the number one team in the country. That's unbelievable. They're up 11, but less than six minutes into the second half, it's a one-point game, and Purdue is making everything. The threes are starting to fall. The things that they didn't do in the first half, getting the ball inside to Edie, who only had two points in the first half and finished with 15 in the ball game, started to happen. But Nebraska responded, went on a 14-2 run. And one of the cool things, again, this is a little bit about getting out there and talking about it on social media and, and radio talk shows like this, is what was going on in the Twitterverse or X last night during and after the ball game and even into this morning because Kent Pavelka probably got more pub for this basketball game being on Peacock where not everybody could watch it. And so more people listen to the game maybe than usual. And we have all known, if you don't, I mean, I love Pavelka calling basketball, but he's psychotic. He is so into it. He is unbelievable. He gets into it. You knew he would. He always does. He's pulling from those for the Huskers from his heart for all the years that he's done this. He can reference back to the last time Nebraska won against a number one team back at Missouri, back all the way when he's calling them in 1982. Jake Muehlheisen, who now does the color analyst with him on the broadcast, which was on KHAS and the Husker Sports Network last night, of course, he was on the team that last hosted a number one team back in 2002 in Kansas, and they lost 88-87 when uh, Kansas hit a three with about 30 seconds left. So here's the final few seconds of the game last night, and he's just going crazy. All right. We've got 26, 25, 24, 23, 88 to 72, 21, and this baby is over. You can hear the crowd in the background. There will be a shot clock violation They'll give it over to Purdue. It won't make any difference. Eight, seven, six. There's the shot clock violation with six seconds to go. And Purdue is going to go down to defeat. And the Huskers are going to go to 13-3 and three on the year and to 3-2 and two in the conference. And you hear the Go Big Red chant. Get this ball in bounds. Let this... Let this crowd storm the floor, baby. Gillis into Braden Smith. Five, four, three, two, one. And for the first time in 41 years, Nebraska knocks off 
the top ranked team in the country, and they are storming the floor. They are storming the floor. There you go. How excited were they? Oh, yeah. And, you know, uh, Doug, I was just thinking of this. You know, we have announcers that we have that uh, they have like a little trademark thing they do. Um, you know, and we could go back to uh, Lyle Bremser, you know, man, woman, and child. And, and uh, you know, we've got a guy, oh, Nelly, you know, and, and, and but his is, I, I always kind of like it when I'm listening to his games. And the guy takes it up and he shoots a 15-footer. Got it! <laughs> you know, right away. That's kind of a good signature call that he has, you know, that he goes ahead and goes with that. And uh, earlier I was saying that we outscored him, you know, one po- a three-pointer, uh, one three-pointer, the free throws five and uh, eight by two. But the key stat in the game, Doug, look at the steals. I don't, you got it right in front of you. Look at the steals. When you steal the ball, a lot of times it gets into a, a – Nine a, to one, Sam Hoiberg crazy. Eight, eight uh, an eight differential in – steals. I mean, that makes up for rebounds if you're getting out-rebounded. You start stealing the ball from somebody, that's shots they don't get to take, that you get that extra positions. But 9-1 to one on steals, that was absolutely amazing, that stat there. And uh, what a great win for them. And these quadrant one wins and to-dos. Because um, it's very possible Nebraska could lose their next two games. Very possible. They could lose their next two. And, and uh, you know, this team's, this team's got to try to find a way to go 9-9 nine and nine or better. They go nine or nine or better. They're going to get in now. Everything, every win, almost smooths you up a slot. So if you go ten and eight, you might be a ten seed. If you go eleven and seven, you might be an eight or nine seed. You go twelve and six, you're looking at a seven seed. So that's where you're looking at these slots. So if you're following the NCAA basketball, that's where you're at. But you're not going to get in as a 15, 16, 14 seed. Those are already taken by these uh, small colleges. That's why they do it. And so you're never going to get in that way. Steve Sipple, the Lincoln Journal Star. A little bit later on, we're going to have our Loper link with UNK coach Drew Johnson in a minute. A couple of things. I want to go to that, what you were just saying. If Nebraska would win 12 conference games and be no better than a seven seed, that is rough to me. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not saying it's not realistic. Right. That is rough. I mean, yes, their non-conference wasn't all that. You mentioned the Kansas State-Creighton games and, and maybe one other out there. Not near what they went through last year competing or losing, but that would be very rough if that is the case. And then Fred the Hoiberg tried, could to, win the conference. tried to do the best last night by keeping his coach face on. You know, hey, I wish we had a week to celebrate, but we got to get ready for Iowa. We can't let this define our season. B.S., <laughs> nothing else. There will be nothing bigger this season than the win last night. They're not going to win the conference. They're not going to win the conference tournament. They're not going to be national champs, and that's okay. They might be second or third in the conference. They might make the conference semifinals or finals for the first time in forever. They might get their first. That would be big. That would be the bigger thing, get getting the, their first NCAA hey. tournament win. That, to me, is the only thing right now that could top last night. I, 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 Doug, I... I'm going to agree with you. I mean, uh, I know we're co-hosts, and we're, but it's more fun if we have a little bit of, of arguments going back and forth, you know, uh, for the excitement of our fans. But I agree with you. The This team's not – now, uh, when I say this 12-6 and six record, Purdue's going uh, to lose again. I mean, th- this road schedule in the Big Ten, and I've said this going if you haven't listened to the show, the Big Ten teams other than Michigan, the thir- Michigan is 3-4 and four at home this year. They have three wins and four losses at home. The rest of the group, the other 13, have lost 13 games combined at home. <laughs> 13. That means they're averaging a record of about 10 wins and one loss at home. It is really hard to go on the road and beat someone. Nebraska was a seven-point underdog last night. Um, and, you know, 
I mean, that's all it was. Minnesota was a two-point underdog to somebody the other day, and Minnesota won by 10. I mean, these, this is uh, – when playing at home, you got to take care of your home court, and Nebraska's fans give us a tremendous advantage because of the way we follow this basketball team. Well, let's get into our Loper link brought to you by Detterdings in Kearney and Grand Island or Detterdings.com. Right now is the right time to buy your new hot tub, and Detterdings is the place. A great selection with the new Nordic hot tubs. Now in stock along with their full line of hot spring, hot spot, limelight, and free flow hot tubs. Their names and brands that represent quality, and they have tubs in all sizes and for any budget. 12 months, no interest, and low payment financing is available at Detterdings and Detterdings.com. They are on their ro- on the road where they play Pittsburgh State and a couple of games uh, on the road this weekend, but the UNK women's basketball team is doing really well under first-year head coach Drew Johnson, Doug Duda, Jim Langan, and the coach joins us from the road. Good morning, coach. Good morning, guys. Thanks for having me. Hopefully you can hear me okay as we're on the bus uh, hitting the road. Where is the bus right now? I'm, all, I'm always interested. Where are you at? Yeah, great question. We uh, turned at Lincoln, so we are headed uh, kind of down south now, about to get into Kansas, and we're headed to Pittsburgh, so... Um, you know, I, I kind of just keep my eyes to myself, and I, I feel like the bus driver is going to take care of us. Well, Coach, we were just talking about, obviously, Nebraska man's huge, huge win last night. And it's coach speak, but it's true that it's one game. It is a big game, but you can't turn around and beat the best team in your conference and then lose to number 13 or 14 in your conference. You've had some big wins in your career. What's the key to being ready for the next game, especially when it's on the road? Yeah, what a what a win for them last night. Uh, you know, I think um, one of the keys for us has always been you, if you can preach process um, a lot throughout the year, then your next practice is still just a process to continue to get better and continue to improve and play your best basketball at the end of the season. And, and wins or losses shouldn't affect that process to get ready to get better. Um, and, and obviously, easier said than done. I mean, we're, we're going through a little bit of the same. Like, you, you win a big game, you'd like to – Make sure your practices are high level, getting ready for the next one, and feel good about it for a little while. And then we gotta we gotta get back into it and, and work really hard. Coach, talk a little bit about your uh, fourth quarter rally and then being able to win in overtime. I mean, every once in a while as a coach, you're looking at the scoreboard and you're going, oh, man, I mean, we're not going to give up, but there's a really good chance I'm going to have to shake hands with this guy or this lady down here and tell him, hey, great job, you just kicked our butt. But then yep, you yep. didn't have to do that. You got to celebrate a little bit after a game like that. Yeah, we, uh, we've talked a lot this year uh, publicly about we've got a lot of players that are kind of growing up and learning and, and developing through game minutes uh, that maybe haven't had game minutes in these kinds of situations previously. And this was another one where it's a top 25 matchup. Uh, when Central Missouri came in, they were number 11 in the country. Uh, and I thought we pressed early, um, tried to do too much, tried to make the perfect play all the time. We ended up being down somewhere around 17. And we made a run back, and they stretched it to nine with about four minutes left again. But just uh, had a couple of really, really nice performances. Um, and uh, I thought our toughness really showed in the fourth quarter. We weren't going to give in. We weren't going to quit fighting. Uh, and then and then got the bucket, uh, got the foul, uh, the buzzer, which allowed us to hit the two free throws and, and send it to overtime. And then in overtime, I just felt like we had been a tougher team. And uh, uh, it really showed. I felt like in overtime, we won that one by a few points. And, and uh, uh, you know, kind of take the victory. And it feels good to win. And, and the crowd was unbelievable again at home, which was awesome. Uh, we had some players step up and make big-time plays. Meg Burns was incredibly good in the fourth quarter. Charlotte McCool was incredible in overtime. Uh, and then Jill Ashoff uh, has been 
uh, dynamite all year long and, and flirted with another triple-double. So, uh, you know, just, just proud of the toughness, proud of the effort, um, and, uh, you know, really nice to knock off number 11 at home. And, and uh, all you get for your trouble is uh, on the road at number 20 here on Thursday. So, uh, you know, it'll be a big week for sure. Yeah, Pitt State sitting at 11-2 and two as well, and that is up next and moved up to number 20 in the poll. Uh, two parts here. First, Coach, are you disappointed that you guys have a couple quality wins and aren't getting any mentions in the poll? I mean, you can coach speak me here, but you deserve at least a little respect, don't you? Yeah, I think we, uh, you know, number one, we were picked seventh in the MIAA poll to start the year, right? So we have very much all year long said the poll doesn't matter, the poll doesn't matter, the poll doesn't matter. Um, but, you know, it's always nice to get, get a little love when you feel like you played well. And so uh, for regional rankings and for the way that people uh, perceive you, you'd like to get in there. And what we talked about with the team was, you know, you've got two really good opponents on the road here. Uh, you, you take care of business in these couple. You, you know, people won't have any, any ability to leave you out. And, and that's what you need to do when you're, when you're kind of in a position where maybe everybody didn't think you were going to be the favorite in the league. Um, was uh, you got to go earn it. You got to go, go back against the wall. You got to have that underdog mentality. And you got to go earn it or take it. You know, it's not just going to be handed to you. So, you know, it doesn't, the game on Thursday won't be played any differently whether you had a receiving votes or a, a ranking besides your name. But it is always fun when, when that happens for you. And then you mentioned her, but, and I've said it a couple of times on the show, Jillian Ashoff went to Pius, played with Alexis Markowski when they had those dynamic teams. And, of course, obviously Alexis got a lot of the play. But I smiled when Coach Amy and the crew got Jillian to commit to come here because I knew she was going to be a fun player for the fans to watch. But she seems to have made a significant jump here coming into this season and now is the MIAA Player of the Week. What are you seeing from her that has helped that out? Well, she's uh, she is high IQ, high basketball IQ all the time. She can talk through, you know, uh, game plan and, and what we want to do and what we want to accomplish. I think that that sets her uh, apart at a really high level um, as a point guard, is being able to know what we're trying to accomplish and how we want to do it. Um, and so that's been great. You know, style of play always matters uh, at, at this at the college level when you're when you're picking your players, quote unquote. Uh, we play a fast style that that really helps her be able to be free flowing and. You know, even against Central Missouri, she had five turnovers in the first half. One of those five turnovers, uh, and it was, she pressed a little bit. And first time playing in a top 25 game with the pressure uh, that, that that kind of can bring for you. Uh, and when we when she finally settled into that thing, uh, she had one turnover in the second half, which probably wasn't even her fault. And then, uh, you know, six assists or seven assists in the second half. And so her vision and ability to just um, see the floor and understand what's happening and create for others uh, has been impressive. Uh, there's not another there's not another player in the league that's averaging stats like she's averaging. I I would go to my my uh, uh, you know to my rooftop to say she might be the best point guard in the league right now, uh, just especially because of how she's doing what she's doing. And so um, just just proud of the way she's played and the toughness that she's shown. And and you know the question you know walking into the season this year was who's going to be the point guard and who's going to do it. Uh, and she's uh, stepped up and played really really well. You know, Drew, two things. Uh, one, you're talking about the bus driver. Uh, last year, did you have to drive the vans to the games, or did you have your bus driver? <laughs> no, and, we had the bus driver for most of them. Now, I will say in Wichita, you're a little closer to a couple places, Pitt, Emporia, and Washburn. So there were there were some shorter trips, but uh, we've enjoyed hanging out with the team and, 
and we were very taken care of for sure. And then the other thing, you saved your time out, so you got to use that the, the, the length of the floor. Talk a little bit about that, if you would, in that overtime win, because I think that's kind of important. I think maybe uh, the NCAA men and high school will be going to that shortly. Yeah, it's, 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 it gives you so much more versatility to what you can do late in the game. So, you know, there's 40 seconds left in the game, and we're down two, and we played out the possession. So in the men's game, you probably have to foul at that point because uh, you need to elongate the game and extend it. But because of the ability to call the timeout and be able to take it at, at whatever it is, 28 feet, um, we can we can play that possession out. And, and uh, listen, they score, we look like dummies. But when we got the stop and got the timeout, and, and we ended up having like 2.4 seconds on the clock uh, once we got the ball and we were able to call the timeout. And so – uh, you know, you can run a quick hitter off the sideline and, uh, you know, it ends up working out for us really well. So uh, it just gives you some extra flexibility. Uh, to, uh, and I, I think it allows players to make more plays. They don't have to make full court shots to, to win it. You can you can make a basketball play. Uh, you know, NBA does it. Women's college basketball does it. Euro, European basketball does it. Uh, you know, I think high school and, and men's basketball will end up there you know, sometime soon. I'll make – I'm just going to ask you, Drew, because I would make the comment when we got done here, but wasn't – you You can say true or false, but really wasn't that rule established in the game of women's basketball because physically the gals weren't able to chuck the ball three-quarters of the court like the men are? Yeah, probably, probably. And you're trying to allow the players to make the plays to win the games, and that's what I think the rule does too. And I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. You know, I watch the Big 12 and Big 10 basketball. It's great basketball on the men's side you're taking the ability out of a coach also to help put their players in the best position possible when there's two seconds on the clock and they have to, you know, go the length of the court. You know, agree or disagree with the rule. It does just create some more exciting moments there at the very end that, that are a lot of fun for fans, which in the end, uh, it's a, you know, we're still an entertainment industry. Uh, we want fans to enjoy the experience and enjoy what they get to see and watch. And, and so it does make it a little bit more exciting. Extends the NBA games, doesn't it, Jim? <laughs> yeah, 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 the NBA games. Unfortunately, those guys don't miss from 27 feet very often either. Yeah, you know, no, all right. Uh, we're talking with Drew Johnson, the head women's basketball coach at UNK. They're on the road for a pair of games this weekend, tomorrow night at number 20, Pitt State. Uh, on the flip side, you probably lost one of your starters. Trinity Law went down with an injury on Saturday. What can you tell us? Yeah, she's going to go through some rehab stuff. And we, we did find out it's not necessarily season-ending. It's, it's PCL, not ACL, which is, which is important. That's an important distinction. Um, and we'll, we'll find out a little bit, you know, as she goes through some rehab. There's a, there's a chance to get her back, you know, kind of late in the year. And, and uh, you know, bodies heal how bodies heal. There's no way to really press that necessarily. And it's not just lace it up and, and tough it out. And so, um, you know, she's had just such an unbelievable career here in a Loper uniform. You would hate for it to end, end there on an injury for her, um, but she's been such a vital part. We're going to need some other people to, to kind of step up and, and be ready to go, and, and you feel for her. But I think one of the things about being in kind of a special program that has a special bond as teammates is, uh, you know, we've got to be there for her and support her through it and then hope the rehab goes really well. Well, Coach, uh, you've got uh, some competition. Uh, we mentioned Pitt State's number 20, Missouri Southern, setting at 9-4. and four. Give us a quick little scout on those two. Yeah. Um, you know, Pitt State's really, really talented. Um, they've got a lot of returners that kind of are playing 
um, you know, n- uh, normal roles for them and playing really well. They shoot the three at a, at a really high level. They're high octane on offense, but we're going to really need to slow them down. feel like if you could slow them down, you're going to have a chance to get a few points, but you're going to have to have to slow them down. And they, they could really score the basketball um, coming off a, a team too, that has been kind of a, a lot of great battles with, with us um, over the last couple of years. And then um, the Missouri Southern was a team that lost a couple of their, their key players, one to the transfer portal and one to just kind of uh, graduation retirement. And uh, um, they have, they're, they're really starting to figure it out as a group too, and put it all together. And uh, they beat Pitt at Pitt uh, last Saturday. They, they beat Central Missouri at Central Missouri. Um, so you're going to need to play really well um, and kind of come at them and, and uh, try to find ways to maybe take them out of what they want to do. Uh, but they're starting to put it together more and more and more. I actually thought they would probably uh, get a little love in the poll too, and they didn't. So uh, just kind of, you know, two great teams on their home floors, uh, both sitting, you know, right at the top of the conference and uh, uh, going to need to play play really good basketball, be very connected and, and very tough, which we have been over the course of the year. It's just great to see. All right, Coach. Well, we'll let you check your heart monitor there and uh, get you <laughs> <laughs> headed south. And uh, let's uh, keep this winning streak rolling. Uh, congrats on the start. We'll talk again soon. Great. Thank you guys so much. And go Lopers. Thank you, Coach. Drew Johnson, Loper women's basketball coach, 12-2. and two. There's a log jam at the top of the league right now, Jimmy. Yeah, there's uh, uh, the best record of the conference is 6-2 and two with three teams there. I think there's uh, maybe three or four teams that are like 1-2. Five, something like that, Doug. They're probably out of it. Those four teams are, but everybody else has still got a shot at it. And uh, these games, uh, you know, going on the road, getting a split. I mean, they, I mean, I, they, they'll probably say that's not what they want. But if they get a split going on the road, that's not bad. Uh, coming out of here and staying seven and three in a conference, find a way to win one of those two. Great job uh, by the bench uh, this past weekend helping you out when Trinity Log got hurt and Meg Burns got into foul trouble. Looks like maybe Sam Moore will see a few more minutes in there because of that. On the flip side, we talked about this Monday when the women came from 17 down to win in overtime. The men were up 15 and lost 76-73. Pitt State men are 7-5 and and Missouri Southern are 5-8. and uh, In other UNK notes, the Loper wrestling team finished 5th going 4-1. and They lost in the quarter, so drop in the consolation bracket where they won all three matches matches to finish fifth at the D2 National Duels. Trenton Munoz went 4-0 to lead the Lopers. He upset top-ranked James Penfold of Lake Erie and fifth-ranked Mike Bruce of Mary University. He also had a pin and major decision to get to 17-2. and He's just honorable mention because Sean Streck came back for the defending national champions from Central Oklahoma and won his four matches by a score of 73-13. Unbelievable. And his team won the national dual title. So uh, two really good performances when you get to go to the D2 national duels. A couple of other notes uh, for the Loper track team. They get started this weekend at the Graduate Classic in Nebraska. And uh, the wrestling team now has five duels next Saturday at the Buffalo County Fairgrounds as uh, more teams are coming in. UNK Reserves will get some uh, action as well. The games against Fort Hayes State, which when you're a Loper fan, that's the game you can get to on the road most easily. 
Those games have been moved up to Friday, March the 1st because of an arena issue. And then the MIAA tournament starts the following week. So uh, those games at Hayes will be on Friday, March the 1st at the end of the season. And then a couple other notes from Peter Yazvak. He says that former Loper offensive coordinator Kevin Blyle has now been named the new offensive coordinator at Pittsburgh State. And another former Loper offensive coordinator, Drew Thatcher, who went to Army, will still be there as the running backs coach. But they're going to go back to the true option instead of the hybrid option, which is weird because they were pretty successful and won the Commander-in-Chief trophy this year. Yeah. You'd think that bet. Uh, I guess they got to decide what what their quarterback looks like and what their running back like and the offensive line. But uh, I'm guaranteeing they're not going to throw them much. It's time for lunch. The Carney Chicken Coop Sports Bar and Grill is the place to be. Every Wednesday night is Burger Night. Get your favorite burger, a bacon burger, totally jacked, the Western Bergen burger, or the Raging Cajun. And anything on the menu anytime is good for you. The Wednesday special is the Turkey BLT. And right now, the special special, which I see a lot of people like, they're even posting it on social media, in the, is the Midwest poutine, which is cheesy French fries with diced chopped beef steak smothered with homemade beef gravy, only ten twenty nine. That sounds really good. Not bad on a day Do like this. Do they ever this. just bring it here to the studio? <laughs> Wall supplies last at the Cardi Chicken Coop. Steve Sipple next. The University of Nebraska, located at the U.S. Meat Animal Research Center, four miles west of Clay Center, Nebraska, has permanent openings starting at $18 per hour and higher pay with experience. Positions include custodial two position, farmhand, and cattle ranch hand. Excellent benefits with all permanent positions include medical, dental, vision, employer-provided life insurance, up to 185% matching retirement, 13 paid holidays, vacation leave, sick leave, 15 college credit hours per year for employees and dependents, and an on-site fitness center. If you're interested, they are willing to train the right motivated person for all positions. To learn more, apply now at employment.unl.edu and search Clay Center as the keyword. That's employment.unl.edu, keyword Clay Center, or call Sheila Trampy at the UNL Personnel Office at 402-762-4150. Today's weather is brought to you by Farm Bureau agents Matt Myers and Rich Peters. When it comes to protecting your family, home, cars, and farmer ranch, you can count on your local agents to help you get the coverage you need. Contact Matt Myers and Rich Peters in Carney today. Securities and services offered through FBO Marketing Services, LLC, Affiliate Farm Bureau Financial Services. It's been years since you graduated, but your college team is yours for life. You can also have a Farm Bureau agent for life, and auto, and home, and business insurance. Imagine that. One agent for everything. It's that simple. So get a Farm Bureau agent for life. In Kearney, call Rich Peters and Matt Myers at Farm Bureau Financial Services, 308-234-4922. Farm Bureau Life Insurance Company, Farm Bureau Property and Casualty Insurance Company. Securities and services offered through FBL Marketing Services, LLC, affiliate Farm Bureau Financial Services. Here's your Tri-Cities weather forecast. A wind chill advisory begins at midnight tomorrow night. A winter storm watch begins at 3 p.m. tomorrow afternoon. A wind chill watch begins at 6 p.m. Friday night. Lots of sunshine today with a chance for scattered snow showers. Highs around 34, west winds 10 to 20 miles per hour. 3 to 5 inches of snow tomorrow through Friday. From the Weatherology Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki. Currently, it's 31 degrees.
Doug and Daddy Show here on ESPN Tri-Cities. Time for the Doug and Daddy poll question, which we asked you yesterday. Which game will give you the most interest in Saturday's AFC wild card, the Chiefs-Dolphins or the Texans-Browns? Which one do you like more, uh, Jimmy? I'm going to be interested to see how the Dolphins play and the Chiefs play in that really cold weather, that negative 7 degree. I'm going to be watching that on TV, Doug. <laughs> 74% are taking the Chiefs and the Dolphins, and 26% are taking the Browns. Texans, that's kind of how I felt it would go just because of where we are at in the Midwest here. But, yeah, it's also an interesting game. I, You can say they're all going to be interesting, but Houston and Cleveland, they don't have a lot of history, especially recently for the Browns. That's going to be interesting to see who sure. can advance on there because the winner's got a shot. I, I think the NFC, I don't know, who do you think's tougher, the NFC or the AFC right now? Oh, I think I think the Cowboys and the Ravens are the best two teams uh, right now playing that haven't made any mistakes lately. So everybody else is going to have to do something they haven't done lately, except for maybe the Browns. The Browns seem to be play defense fairly well, but the the Chiefs' offense the last five years, Doug, they've been in the top four in the in the professional football. They're fifteenth now. But their defense has improved to fourth. So the Kansas City, if they're going to win it, they're going to have to ride their defense. There's only been one Super Bowl team ever to win it that hasn't been in the top 15, and that is the Denver Broncos the year that they won it when Manning was um, mm. towards the end of his career when the Denver Broncos had that really good defense. Did you – because we looked at our preseason selections on Monday, and we then we also both took Michigan, which we can get to here in a second. But is there any change you want to make? to your Super Bowl prediction? I well, had you, Dallas over Baltimore. Yeah. I, and I, you just thought that they were the two best yeah, teams. I so think, I'm pretty happy about that. No, I really do. I, 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 I said this quite a bit that um, a while back, Doug, that um, Dallas had a really close laugh at Philadelphia, probably outplayed the Eagles on the road. And uh, I, I can see no reason. But I, I guess if I was scared of anybody, if I was Dallas, if I was scared of anybody, it would be Detroit. Um, you know, just because of what how that game ended, <laughs> you know that uh, Detroit's going to be—they're uh, definitely not going to forget about it. And uh, the Detroit Dallas, but uh, they may not even play each other again. You know what I mean? They, they're just possible that somebody gets beat and they may not play. There's a chance they'll play, but uh, they may not play. But I think I really do like Dallas's chances of anybody that plays has to play at home and then play on the road. So I, I like the Cowboys, but I do like the Ravens. I, you just, I'm going to disregard that last game where they lost to the Steelers. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they, they went out there, they tried to make a good effort, but they did not make a great effort with their best players. I, I just I can't sit here as a Dallas Cowboy fan and say that I think Dallas is the best team because I think the 49ers are the best team right now, and a lot of that has to do you got Bosa for them, you got Micah Parsons for the Cowboys, you've got McCaffrey for – and Debo Samuel and all those weapons out there, uh, although Dak Prescott is better than Brock Purdy and anybody else that wants to argue about that, you're just wrong. You're just wrong. At this point, and there's nothing wrong with either one of them, but this kind of gets to the should Lamar Jackson be the MVP? Well, look at the numbers. They say no. And nothing against Lamar, but look at the numbers. They say no. It's just that everybody that's in the bigger cities are going to be pushing for an East Coast guy, and it's going to be Lamar Jackson, which is which is fine. But we'll see how it all plays out here. That is our Doug and Daddy poll question from yesterday. You can vote anytime on Twitter at ESPN underscore Tri-Cities, at ESPN underscore Tri-Cities. Today we ask you, 
Who wins Friday's game, Nebraska or Iowa? The Hawkeyes are 9-6. and six. Nebraska's 13-3. The ESPN matchup predictor says Iowa has a 67% chance to win. Nebraska has a 33% chance to win. Jimmy, we were discussing this a little bit last night uh, elsewhere. Not me and you, but uh, some guys I was with. What will the point spread be Friday? Iowa will be favored by 4.5. Wow. Okay. So what do you think? I like it, Iowa. Yeah. yeah, I like the home team. I've told you this all the I mean, time. Doesn't matter. Yeah, home I like the, whoever the home team is in this <laughs> Big Ten. I'm taking the home team every time. You can vote anytime on Twitter at ESPN underscore Tri-Cities. Well, uh, we're going to get uh, Steve Sipple here in a little bit, and he's going to have even more information for us because it's going to be pretty cool. I think he's just wrapping up a chat with Frank Solich, and so he's going to uh, chat with us here in a little bit going into the Hall of Fame along with Danny Woodhead. So while we've got a minute before we go into another break here, what did you think of the national championship game on Monday? Well, I thought a couple plays turned it. I thought the score, uh, the game was closer than the score indicated. Yes. It wasn't a 21-point game. Uh, the interception where the guy ran it back about 82 yards, not for a touchdown. That has to be one of the longest interception returns, not for a touchdown. Uh, he ran it from about the nine-yard line to the nine-yard line, and uh, um, that that really that was the end of the game at that point. Um, Washington had a, there was a pass interference, though uh, a holding call on a long game by Washington. Uh, Michigan did. Um, uh, I, I think they, with, when the officiating got all said and done with, I thought they did fine. But if you were going to talk about hey, what calls went maybe Michigan's way, I thought Michigan maybe got the 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 fifty fifty breaks against a lot of times as a referee you're going god that was a hold i should have called that man that's a hold i should have called well i'm gonna call this one <laughs> and then you throw the flag and ah dang it they just gained a 60 yard gain i wish they'd have thrown an incomplete pass yeah. you know but you don't get when you throw your flag you can't decide it you don't watch the play and then get to decide if you want to call it or not so so the time they threw that flag was on a huge first down inside about the 20 yard line for washington which maybe would have tied the game yeah, early that was in the it, first half yeah we could have had a 2020 tie easier than it was going to be 34 13 doug yeah that, again you, that was a play that i think gets overlooked washington was ready to go in and cut it to 27 20 with about five minutes to go you don't know but then they have a little bit of momentum and but uh michigan got it done and then they returned home and if we want to make fun of our big 10 brothers over at michigan you know, if you're going to celebrate when the team comes home, you don't stand outside in the rain at the airport. How did Nebraska do it all those years ago? We got into the bottom of the van and we yeah. celebrated. Michigan, you, you dropped the ball on that one. You made your fan. Although it was a funny line by Harbaugh, we weathered the storm and you weathered the storm to see us come home, just like we weathered the storm throughout the season with all the controversy. Yeah, when Tom Osborne finally won his first national championship, the people in the Bob Devaney Sports Center, and he said, uh, he booked in and he says, well, he said, we just got home and we're exhausted, but you guys have been waiting a long time for this. I literally, you know what he did yeah. afterwards, not just today, but uh, yeah. so I thought that was a funny line that uh, Tom Osborne used. And just like everything else, you can Google YouTube that thing and see when they came home. But you know what, Jimmy? It was a day like this. The weather was crap the day that Nebraska won that game uh, over Miami of Florida here in Nebraska. And then they came home the next day. And I mean, you could go stand on the road in Carney Hastings, Grand Island, wherever you're at. And just imagine the buses driving by, and this is exactly what it looked like. The the even probably more snow piled up as they were making their route from the airport to the Devaney Center. Yeah, you know Michigan fans are very excited. You have to be at the university, but 
you know, they've got some other things. They've got the Detroit Red, Red Wings. You know, they've got the Detroit Tigers. They haven't been winning lately, but the Lions. Uh, they got Michigan State. you got so many other schools in, the, at, in Michigan. Uh, you got to end some NBA teams in Michigan, you know. So Nebraska, you know, for the most part, um, you know, we that football team was winning some national champions, and our volleyball team, we, we get excited. We get 92,000 people to go to a, a volleyball game. And so we, we support our, our, our team pretty good. But Michigan fans, um, boy, they, they seem to be out there, Doug. I mean, that's, this is not a, a, a place where it's, it's not very many people. There's a lot of people that like Michigan, and there's some big fans in, in Nebraska that are Michigan fans. So there you go. A lot of things to talk about here on the Doug and Daddy Show. Steve Sippel going to be coming up here in a little bit and uh, getting to talk about old days with Husker football and what's going on with Nebraska basketball. It was announced, by the way, by the MIAA today uh, that they are going to institute instant replay in baseball and softball this year. So some more work for all of those involved. Uh, so for Loper softball, They'll uh, have an opportunity to be using instant replay this year. A couple other notes before we take a break. Nebraska Libero Lexi Rodriguez, first-team academic All-American, one of just seven student-athletes selected first-team. She is, as the first Nebraska volleyball player, to earn multiple academic All-American honors since Corey Cooper, also the first Husker to earn first-team honors since Katie Rolfson back in 2016. Axelina Johansson, one of 10 track and field athletes nationally named the Bowerman Award watch list. That goes to the uh, top male and female track athletes in the country. Well, TNL Irrigation Company is the tops around, and they want to make sure they can help you out in 2024. If you've already got them in the field, maybe you need some updates. Maybe you need the pro version of the uh, point touch control system. The intuitive touch monitor controls all components of your system. We talk about the new gooseneck cradle corner system attachment that will help you out, or maybe it's time to purchase that new TNL irrigation system. They are like no other. Successful farmers, you're working hard and smart, so the smart choice in pivot irrigation is TNL. Save some money now with their harvest special at TNL Irrigation or go to TLIRR.com. Derek Wagner, Wagner Irrigation in Holdridge, among your many area dealers. The 41st Annual Home and Builders Show, presented by the Kearney Area Builders Association, is coming up January 12th, 13th, and 14th at the Buffalo County Expo Center. This is the 41st year of people finding hundreds of ideas for better living. On the weekend, there will be six wildlife encounter shows. That's the Home and Builders Show, Friday, January 12th from 1 to 7, Saturday, January 13th from 10 to 7, and Sunday, January 14th from 11 to 5 at the Buffalo County Expo Center. Admission is just 5 bucks. Kids 12 and under get in free. Proceeds fund scholarships for graduating seniors looking to have a career in the building industry escape ordinary by heading to cunningham's downtown or cunningham's on the lake in Kearney. you'll enjoy the coldest draft beer in town happy hour specials and great food an outstanding place to relax with friends after work on the weekends or any time to escape everything plus you can dance and listen to their live bands every weekend at the downtown location it's a great time every time when you escape ordinary at cunningham's journal on the bricks and cunningham's on the lake Kearney. Gee, I really wish we had somebody to play basketball with. Well, you do now because Whoopers and Hoopers Basketball Tournament is back in Hastings. Five-on-five action, March 15th to 17th. Men's and women's divisions with a four-game guarantee. Register now at HastingsYMCA.net slash Whoopers dash Hoopers. Save $25 if registered by February 1st. Deadline, March 1st. Join the Whoopers and Hoopers Basketball Bash in Hastings and win big. Brought to you in part by the Adams County Visitors Bureau. 
Family Physical Therapy and Sports Center, getting you back into the game of life. With several locations in Kearney and surrounding areas. Ask your doctor how Family Physical Therapy can improve your quality of life. Family Physical Therapy and Sports Center, excellence in rehabilitation, is a very proud supporter of all of our area athletes, in and out of the game. Locations serving Kearney, Lexington, Minden, Ravana, and Wood River. At Johnson Landscape, we don't just see landscapes. We see dreamscapes. Sprinklers with precision. Plants with purpose. Outdoor living for new beginnings. For over 25 years, this has been our passion. With unmatched quality, precision, and expertise. At Johnson Landscape, every project is like our own. And every customer like family. Build your dreamscape today with Johnson Landscape. South Central Diesel of Holdridge has over 100 years of diesel fuel injection experience and has been putting customer relationships first since 1971. They are factory authorized to repair all types of diesel fuel injection systems and have a full service drive-in repair facility to repair your diesel Ford, Chevy, or Dodge pickup. SCD's factory trained technicians are committed to providing the best service to their customers. Stop by 115 South East Avenue in Holdridge for all your diesel pickup repairs, pumps and injectors, diesel performance parts, and turbochargers. Or call them at 1-800-228-8482 to put them to work for you. Doug and Daddy Show, you're not roughing any of the extravaganzas Monday? There's usually like junior high tournaments all over the place. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Usually that phone call comes su- su- uh, Sunday Sunday at about... Uh, I need a guy. Yeah, hey, we're in deep trouble, and the guys we have aren't going to do it. That's usually when that comes. I need a guy. I think um, I might be going to Hershey Monday night, though, for that first round of that SPVA. There you go. On Monday night, yeah. That's a little bit of a tri- trail. Yeah, that's, you know? that's why I, get to, I go to McCook, but that's as far as... Uh, West as I go is North Platte and McCook usually, but now if the Hershey wins, yeah, third, yeah. yeah there you go. Doug and Daddy show ESPN Tri Cities again. Uh, Hastings College basketball at Mount Marty tonight. We will have it for you on KHAS Radio one hundred four point one FM and twelve thirty AM, the home of the Broncos, and it gets underway with the women at five thirty and the men at seven thirty. Kind of a weird thing in the men's game. Hastings just lost their first conference game six and one. Mount Marty just won their first conference game, and it was over Northwestern of Iowa, who's always good, yes. seventy-three to seventy. The women coming off their biggest victory uh, in the conference, and especially score-wise, seventy-six to uh, fifty-one. So, all that uh, going on for Hastings College uh, tonight with uh, the postponements going on. I think we have a few more that we can update from yesterday. Again, uh, tomorrow our basketball here on ESPN will be Minden and Hastings, Saint Cecilia. The reschedule of the Aurora Hastings game will be on KHAS tomorrow, and then Elm Creek Axtell will be on the Vibe 98.9, and that's weather permitting tomorrow night. There could be some more moving in. Other games tomorrow will be Kearney Catholic at Lexington, Grand Island Central Catholic at York. The Holdridge Adams Central game has now been scheduled, rescheduled for February the 3rd is when that is uh, coming up as well. So uh, we mentioned a lot of them to you yesterday, but that's an update from yesterday's show. We didn't miss out on many wrestling duels last night. Carney goes to North Platte tomorrow. 
for uh, high school wrestling. Well, uh, excitement last night and uh, the college football season over and the College Football Hall of Fame, and we talked a little bit about it uh, yesterday on the Doug and Daddy Show with Mitch Sherman. Today we get a chance to catch up with Steve Sippel of Husker Online, an early break. By the way, the gang down there just announced that they're going to be covering Omaha Supernova Volleyball this year, so that'll be kind of cool, giving them some statewide publicity. But Steve Sippel with us here, Doug Duda, Jim Langan. Sip, Happy New Year, bud. Hey, happy New Year to you guys. How are you doing? Well, I, I guess we must be like everybody else in the state. We got a Husker hangover, which is awesome. You have been not necessarily the lead reporter when it comes to Nebraska basketball your whole life, but you've been to a ton of games there. And hell like me and Jimmy, you probably remember the 1982 win over Norm Stewart down there in Columbia, Missouri. I do. I do remember that. What What's your reaction to what happened last night at Pinnacle? First of all, I mean, my role has always, I've always sort of regretted my role when it comes to writing about Nebraska basketball because it was, for years, it was, it was you know, as a columnist at the Journal Star. And it was pretty much, I just had to weigh in when the coach was in trouble. You know, it was always, you know, here comes the, here comes the simple columns, you know, weighing in, going back and forth. Is he going to make it? Is he not? You know, it was with, it. It started with Danny, went to Collier, went to Doc, went to Miles. I mean, it was. I, I can't tell you how many columns I wrote, speculating if the coach was going to get fired, saying the coach should get fired, saying he shouldn't get fired, um, writing the obit. I mean, it was. That's what it's always been about, unfortunately. Uh, so it's kind of nice. <laughs> kind of nice not writing about it, to be honest. Um, but I, I have covered a lot of basketball, went to a lot of conference tournaments um, to help the beat writer, and um, I, I've been, I enjoyed it. And obviously last night, is incredible. it's incredible for the program. It's incredible for the athletic department um, to be the number one team. It happens, what, five times um, in the Nebraska basketball program history, not since 1982, as you referred to. So it's a jolt. It's a jolt of energy. I always look at it like the winters here are long and Nebraska basketball can really inject some warmth into them. Um, and it's, it, so that's what it did last night. I, mean, I think it was a great thing. It gives us a little something to talk about. Um, this team could take us, you know, it could take us to a pretty good place this winter. And that's what I'm kind of hoping happens. Yes, yep. You know, this isn't um, – th- th- when Nebraska beat Missouri um, in 82, their, f- their record was 13-13 and 13 that year. I mean, th- when they beat them, they were like 8-8. Eight and eight. Um, But this team has beaten um, Michigan State, who's 27th in the net. Um, you know, they, they, they just, that's not their only win. They're 3-3 three and three this year in Quadrant 1 and Quadrant 2 wins and losses. This is about as good as we've been that I can remember – since Danny Nee was coaching, your thoughts? Um, talent-wise? No, I mean just as far as the Nets concerned about our quadrant one and quadrant two wins. I mean, last year we had some wins in February, but we had so many losses too. We had really good wins in February, quadrant one wins on the road against Iowan people, but we were like three and nine. And um, this is the first time I remember we're five hundred, three and three in quadrant one and two wins. Yeah, and it suggests a legitimate team. I mean, you you. You'd know those stats better than I would. I'm, you know, really, it comes down to a lot of the 
such beat writer work. And I've, my focus in recent years has shifted to football. Again, I just kind of go to basketball when they're either really good or really bad. That's what it comes down to. I, I mean, that's where I jump into it. If Nebraska basketball is really good, I jump into it. If it's really bad, I have to jump into it. In the middle, we just don't, you know, football's king. And that our traffic numbers suggest that. Now, what I'm getting at here is this could be an instance where, you know, Nebraska looks like they could be pretty good, but I'm, you know, I've been around long enough to know you don't jump in head first yeah. until you until you really know. And, and and here's the deal. What I said on my show today is, yeah, this is a great win. Um, but I'll, I'll be a serious believer if they go beat Iowa and Rutgers on the road. That's when I would become more immersed in it. Um, go beat Iowa and Rutgers, and then and they'll see what's going on here. Um, and even a split would be okay. And I, and I imagine they'll at least, I got to think they'll at least split. Although, you know, here's the thing. Again, I've, I've covered Nebraska basketball. I don't mind. I mean, I have paid attention to it. In fact, if you get right down to it, I'm, I understand basketball. And I always thought of myself more as a basketball writer for when I, when I was a young guy. Um, so I've paid attention to it since Cipriano. Okay, I go back to Cipriano. Yeah. I was a huge Moiva fan, so I've been following the program for a long time. And what I know is this: uh, the hallmark of mediocrity is inconsistency. And, and Nebraska basketball is just the definition of mediocre. You know, if you look over the long haul, right? It's just it's just been a mediocre program because it's been wildly inconsistent. You get moments like this followed by bad losses. That's what that's what mediocre programs do. So now what I'm looking for is to see Nebraska prove itself to be something other than a mediocre pro- program. That's what I'm that's what I'm you know, listen, I'm 57. I've seen a lot of mediocre, okay? I know what it is. I know what mediocre is. I mean, hell, I'm mediocre. Um uh, so, so I know what it is. And you know what mediocre is? It's beating Purdue and losing to Iowa. That's what mediocre is. Yeah. So let's let, let's see what they do at Iowa and, and Rutgers. Steve Sipple, Lincoln Journal star. We've all been waiting for him to take that step. It happened a couple of times under Danny Nee. It happened a couple of times under Tim Miles. Barry Collier pushed Kansas. In fact, watching the video of the last time Nebraska hosted a number one team and Collier on the sideline back in 2002 – I've I've seen Bill Callahan and Barry Collier in two out of three days, and it just kind of makes things a little weird going back to some of the old stuff. But Sip uh, and, yeah. and Jimmy mentioned this: uh, Nebraska did jump twelve spots from fifty eighth to forty sixth in the NET rankings. That's right around Gonzaga, Texas, and Memphis. Just for reference to the fans out here, let's move on. Uh, you just got done with a probably a pretty cool interview. Frank Solich is going into the College Football Hall of Fame. Yeah, it was, yeah, I just got done talking to Frank at length. Um, and we talked the other day after he went in. Um, and it's, it is, it is a, it's a, you know, he's very humble. So he doesn't, you know, he doesn't say all that much about it. We were talking today about what he would tell a young coach getting into business. And it was sort of fascinating to hear him, 
talk about that. Um, but yeah, he's you know he's out there living in Boise, and just just very low key. I mean, he, he says he's very comfortable, really at seventy nine, with doing nothing. Um, he was out shoveling yesterday, though. <laughs> um, he just and he's very happy that he's able to do it. He's still you know everybody knows Frank stays in really good shape. He's still in really good condition. He's on a low he does a low sodium diet. Um, yeah, he's just living out in Boise. It's a pretty quiet life, and that's the way he likes it. He, and when we got a chance to have him on the show a few times and, and a couple epic interviews with the coach back in the day, uh, but being the winningest coach in any conference, that's something to hang your hat on. Yeah. That's probably really what got him in. But from his playing days to an assistant coach, even while he was the head coach at Nebraska when things were going well and then you had – people calling for his head because they got blown out a couple times during a season. His demeanor never really changed. And that's hard to say over a career like he had. Oh, it's fascinating. You bring that up because I, well, uh, you know, we've talked a lot over the years and I always would tell him, um, I don't have, I wouldn't have the stomach to be in that profession, especially in a place like Nebraska, because it's so bottom line oriented and you always feel like you could get fired. And he said he never, ever thought about getting fired. I mean, dry, flying home from Colorado in 03, it did. He did. But other than that, um, he said you, just, you just don't you just don't think about that. You know, it's just not something that – he said it never entered his mind. Hmm. Um, you don't – he says – now, he's just talking about himself, but he says as a coach, you just can't – you just don't – you don't think that way. And I would – think that way every day if I was a coach you know we better win this game guys or you know AD's watching us uh, maybe that's paranoid but he he never did um except that you know after they beat Colorado and it was you could see there was problems um even after the, even after the win um but yeah Frank um yeah yeah he, he did you know he was the all-time winningest coach in the MAC, as you mentioned. But man, he was a 58-19 at Nebraska. I mean, that's 58-19 at Nebraska is that's Hall of Fame material. You know, we can you can relitigate it and break it down in several ways, but it's a pretty good record. Yeah, no kidding. And I, I agree as a coach. I think you, you've said it's paranoid, but I really agree in this day and age. Boy, people are getting fired left and right for something. I think every time you take the field, you're going, man, I don't know, guys. <laughs> I hopefully, I don't know how many years I got, but this one's, a, this one's an important game. Hey, uh, yeah. when, when you were looking at um, Frank, when you looked at what he did, when, when he w- left Nebraska, they, that last year, they started mm-hmm. out like 5-0 and or 6-0. and I can't remember what their record was, but they started off really well, but they did lose like four straight games. And that was the tournament they fired in that year. Did, did he did he mention anything about Nebraska in his last couple of years? Because I thought he did a really good job. No, he doesn't talk about that. They they were ten and three actually that last year. Okay, and they lost three yeah. in a row then, right? Okay. Yeah, so I um, no, he doesn't really he doesn't go there much at all. Okay. Um, there's there's no real reason to from his standpoint it was a long time ago um he does say what interestingly that you know after nebraska 
I think he wishes he would have gotten a, an agent. He never hired an agent. Um, you know, he ended up in Ohio, which is good. It turned out really good. But, but I think there might have been more opportunities if he would have hired an agent. Um, and that's something he tells young coaches now. Get an agent. If you want to, if you want to move, um, if you want to move up, best get an agent. You know, mm-hmm. Tom didn't have one. Frank, you know, Frank emulated Tom in a lot of ways. And that was one way he wish he would have. He would now. Talk with Steve Sipple, Lincoln Journal Star here. Uh, used to be with the Journal Star. I still say that. Sorry, Sip. With the Husker no, Online early break in the morning, uh, the radio show that uh, uh, him and Jake and uh, Coach do uh, with Bill Bush uh, on on uh, radio in uh, Lincoln. Uh, Sip, what about uh, the end of the college football season? What'd you think about the game Monday and just the college football playoffs overall? Excuse me, I, I was enthralled. I mean, I, I, that game, you know, the Michigan-Alabama game, it sounds kind of funny, I guess, maybe, but it's a game I probably will never forget. I enjoy, I enjoyed it that much. I enjoyed it seeing those teams, those iconic brands in the Rose Bowl itself, an iconic brand, and then having that game be so close and – I'm not saying it was particularly well played, but it was interesting. And, you know, Michigan made the plays. And I, I just, I don't know. Those, those brands always, I'm a blue blood guy. If anybody ever listens to my show, our show, they know I, I, I'm really, I care for blue bloods. I love blue bloods. Um, so I'm naturally, you know, I'm kind of happy Michigan won it. I'm, I'm, you know, that, I like seeing Michigan being at the top. I've, I've loved Michigan. Oh, I mean, I, I shouldn't say I love Michigan, but I've admired Michigan's brand since I can remember. So I'm talking about when I was a boy, you know, a seven-year-old, a 50 years of following Michigan football, at least from the periphery a little bit. But it, somebody asked me the other day, what's my favorite sports rivalry? And it's easy. It's not even close for me. It's the game. It's Michigan, Ohio State has always been that for me. I've, I hardly ever miss them. It's, there's nothing in the football season I look forward to more than Michigan, Ohio State. Now, I, that's going to change probably, unfortunately. But up until this point, um, that that's always been. So I have a great admi- admiration for that program. <laughs> I'm I wouldn't, I don't know if I'd call it admiration, but I am intrigued by Harbaugh. Um, he's an incredible coach. I mean, he's, if you had to pick, pick three right now to lead a program, I think it has to be Saban or Smart or Harbaugh. I mean, it's one of those three. Sip, what are they going to do? I know we got 12 teams playing for the national championship, which is going to help. But the players and that are not participating in bowl games, I mean, like the Florida State situation with Georgia yeah. wasn't fair, you know, with who played in the bowl games. It, things have really changed from in the 1980s and 70s when if you went to the bowl game, everybody played and you just went on. I know the money's huge in the NFL, and we got NIL money now where players get NIL money and aren't playing in the bowl games. What, what's your thoughts on that at all, or do you have any? <laughs> oh yeah, you're not baiting me into the <laughs> old man taking his hands at the cl- cl- 
<laughs> no, I did that. I did that for a couple of years. I'm not doing it anymore. It just comes off bad. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I 29 Florida State players didn't play. Okay, 29. And you're talking a lot of them first and second team guys. USC had 20, 24 guys sit out. People don't seem to mind. I mean, I especially younger people. And I don't I, – what do you do? I, I don't know. I don't even know if you need to do anything. Okay. Um, That's fair. I, 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 well, do I like it? I kind of take the approach of a, of a co. I've noticed coaches do this where you ask them about it and they will say they'll, – they'll say something very uh, diplomatic on, rec, on the record. Off the record, they hate it. <laughs> um, on the record, I just say that's the world we're in, um, and I'll just keep it at that. <laughs> I mean, I just—I don't know. I, the, I I do wonder if if you just—I wonder what you would if you could make it a situation where you could pay the players, entice them to play in the bowl game. Um, I just nil doesn't necessarily work that way. Um, so it's probably a faulty suggestion. Um, I don't know. But I will say this. I will say this. It's a complicated discussion because a lot of the bowl games were excellent. Some weren't. Um, some were obviously impacted by players sitting out. But there are even games where players sat out where I watched and I thought this is a hell of a good game. So I don't know. We're, we just have to kind of adjust as we go right now. Steve Sippel joining us here on the Doug and Daddy Show from Husker Online. You'll hear their entire uh, weekly show after ours on Friday. You can catch them on early break every weekday morning in Lincoln. Check them out uh, online for that or catch their podcast uh, as well. Sip, hey, Happy New Year. Always great chatting with you. We'll do it again soon. Yeah, I really appreciate you having me on. I mean that. So Happy New Year to you guys. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Sip. Take care. Steve Sippel joining us here on the Doug and Daddy Show. A couple things from the show. I want to address that I disagree with. Okay, today? Yep. That's coming up. No, that's coming up next as we wrap things up on the Doug and Daddy Show. Five Points Bank has been your hometown bank for over 40 years. From personal banking to mortgage, business, and more, Five Points continuously finds ways to make your banking experience easy and enjoyable. Offering the best of both worlds with kind and welcoming employees in the bank while creating a strong online presence to accommodate your busy lifestyle. Five Points Bank Innovative Technology adds layers of security while being easily accessible to all age groups. Better choices, better service. Five Points Bank of Grand Island, Kearney, and Hastings. Choose better things at better deals. It's a quality of life. As our jingle says, it's the quality of life. This is Doug with Detterdings in Kearney and Grand Island. Enhance the quality of your life with a new hot tub, fireplace, or sauna from Detterdings in Kearney and Grand Island. Come and see us this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at the Kearney Home Show at the Buffalo County Fairgrounds. Special pricing on hot tubs, fireplaces, saunas, and the big green egg. See you at the Kearney Home Show this weekend. It's a quality of life. Imagine a job where your inner child could be released. Franklin County Roads is here to make your inner child's dreams come true. Make a good living maintaining the roads of Franklin County. Come on, what little kid didn't want to drive a real Tonka machine and play in the dirt all day? 
To find out how you can help get started living your inner childhood dreams, stop by the Rhodes Department at 1215 G Road, Franklin, Nebraska, or call 308-425-3710 from 9 to 4, Monday through Thursday. Don't have a CDL? That's okay. Franklin County will pay for your schooling. Franklin County Roads Department is an equal opportunity employer. The Daddy Show rolling along here on ESPN Tri-Cities. Glad to have you along with us uh, on this uh, Wednesday. Tomorrow on the show, uh, head coach of the Tri-City Storm, Anthony Noreen, Nebraska wrestling coach Mark Manning will be with us to get ready for their big duel with Iowa. We wrap up the fantasy football season and talk playoffs with Joe Bartle of Rotowire. Plus, we uh, find out who won Week 18 and then get you ready for the Super Bowl drawing uh, at Buffalo Wild Wings as well. So, Jimmy. Uh, you're going to disagree with some things on the show. You said you're going to kind of end their show up with some things that you yeah, didn't, didn't agree with. That's what I said. Okay. That? That's what I said. Are you going to? Two things. Okay. Uh, we'll go with what Sip just finished up with. And this gets brought up all the time throughout the year. And it depends to me what section of the country you're from and what your favorite sport is. And it's a debate. We've had it as our poll question. It's a debate that is hard to say that there is a winner or a loser. But Michigan-Ohio State is not the greatest rivalry in sport. Neither is the Yankees and the Red Sox. I have always, and being here, we always think it's Nebraska-Oklahoma, which got allowed a national play. But then Oklahoma went in the tank, and now Nebraska's not where you need to be, and we're not in the same conference, even though Nebraska and Oklahoma have played a few times here recently in the non-conference. That had a lot of cachet. And because they played each other when they were playing for national championships, and again, recently, now that's what's helped this Ohio State-Michigan thing, because they have been playing for a chance to win a national championship. The games for the last few years have been very meaningful out there. I have always pointed towards Army-Navy because it has the most tradition of anything out there, although now they don't play for anything. You've got guys out there that aren't the athletes that used to be the athletes that played for Army and Navy. So I I get the Michigan-Ohio State, but I think it's really hard, and it depends where you're at. What's to say it's better than Cal-Stanford, USC-UCLA, other sports, Celtics-Lakers. Duke-North uh, Carolina basketball. Absolutely. I, I that's, think probably, they, that's probably well, number two. Well, I think they have their place. I think every, every, every situation has their place. Um, when, when you're looking at a rivalry, and they get rivalries. I mean, uh, the NBA, um, uh, the Celtics, you know, when they were having their dynasty, they used to have some rivalries with the Celtics and the, and, and the Lakers or the 76ers or whoever it is. But everybody's got their rivalry and all have their place. But I do understand one thing that every single time, Doug, that you have a top 25, Army, Navy needs to be included every single time. And one reason is with the date it's played. It's always played a week after the season's over. It's played on a Saturday. Um, and, and it's played at different sites now. It used to be played in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Now it's played at different sites. It's got its own um, unique, I should say, era. Because everybody knows that this is just a game that doesn't decide the national champion. Because when Alabama, right. Alabama, they could have three of the best games in the nation at the same time. Alabama, Michigan, Alabama, Auburn, and Alabama, Texas. Nobody calls uh, yeah. Alabama, Georgia a great rivalry right yeah. now, do they? Even no. though that is the most 
But, you know, the Al Auburn has its own special place, too. Yep. Uh, every one of them has a special place. Um, unfortunately, when you, when you look at things, um, you, it's hard to argue against the teams that are very successful, that are always winning. And that's why um, Sipple was kind of uh, correct a little bit this year about Ohio State and Michigan because they were both like 11-0. and 0. And they do it a lot. When Nebraska and Oklahoma had their rivalry, why was that such a rivalry? Because they both came in and got work done. They got all of their work done. Most of the time, those teams came in, it was going to decide. Whoever won that game was going to decide the Big 8 championship. Even if one of them got stumbled, they'd mm-hmm. win the head-to-head over the other team and they'd get it. So I, I really look at, at that. But uh, I don't see a whole lot that we've missed. I know there's other ones that are big rivalries, but boy, um, you you go in there and, and tell me if you have one. Um, chime in, email us or whatever you got. If you got a better rivalry or something else that we missed, because there's some other ones out there in the sports world. Oh yeah, and we talk about it often. There's no doubt about it. You can email the Dent Popper inbox, Doug and Daddy at ESPNSuperstation.com. Call the Billy Jacks fan line eight 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 four five five three seven seven six. Billy Jacks Pizza and Carney, the best pizza around. You can always tweet us at ESPN underscore Tri Cities. The other one that has always made me uncomfortable is going back to what we had our discussion with with Drew Johnson, is moving the ball halfway to three-quarters of the court in the last minute or two, whatever the exact rule is. You yeah, know last, I mean. last minute, last uh, 59.9 seconds, yeah. you can advance it, or in overtime. So, you, the, other, so the, other 30, the other 39 minutes in women's basketball doesn't matter. The other 47 minutes in the NBA doesn't matter. What you did in those first 47 minutes, no, you're just you're behind. So here's the timeout. We're going to give you a chance to win because you're behind. That's all that rule is, and I don't like it. Okay, I'll tell you what. Do you like the two minute warning then in football? Because it's the same thing. Well, that has been that has been a rule pre me. <laughs> you know, so I, it's always been there. I got so it. So I grew up with it. Yeah. So I'm I, used to it. Right. And they don't have a two-minute warning in any other sport, though. I mean, I'm, when do they have a – I mean, it just it's an added timeout. I, I will say this, Jimmy. The game is then over much quicker. Although, once you get to the two-minute warning and don't have any timeouts, then the two minutes run off the clock. But that's not – you know, there's two minutes in basketball. You still have the shot clock and all the things that go along mm-hmm. with it. And you can play. It's not dead ball. Right. And you know, it, when, when there's two minutes in basketball, there's play going on. You can't just delay out a baseball game. Right. And you can't you're, delay out a hockey game. I agree. And your game, though, and since you've been alive, the NCAA has put in the three-point shot, and, yeah. and, and they have put in that if the basket's made in the last 59.9 seconds, the clock stops automatically. Yeah. You know, and they don't have that in high school. You the, know what I mean? So I mean, The one thing I'll say about that is, about the the shots, the clock stopping, is they have actually in the college game reduced the number of timeouts you get. True, and, that, and so that kind of offsets that. Right. All you then you'd be taking the law, and God knows we don't need them now. One minute timeouts or three minute timeouts is yeah, what they are in I college totally, basketball. I, I agree with you there totally. I yeah, I understand th- that. I understand. I, I I guess what I'm saying is that. Um, both teams can do it. Everybody knows what the rule is, and in the last minute, you can you can advance the ball. And what you have to do to advance the ball, you have to time call timeout immediately when you get it. So if you get a rebound and you make an athletic move, and then you call timeout, then you do not get to advance it. The only time you get to advance it is if a, a basket's been made or you get a steal, and as soon as you get it, 
You have to call timeout. Once you make an athletic move, yep. then you don't get to do it. So there are some rules, too, that you have to teach and some strategies. Go ahead. We are here in the Midway Auto Dealership broadcast booth. Midway Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram, Midway, Chevrolet, Buick, GMC. Where right now, General Motors is announcing a trade-in allowance program for customers that own a 2010 or newer passenger car or truck. And you can trade in your vehicle towards the purchase of one of the eligible new and unused models. Now you trade in that qualifying vehicle to be eligible and you can find out a lot more about this great deal from your Midway Auto dealerships. You can schedule your oil change today at Midway. Go to thinkmidway.com. We are into 2024, so some more great deals here. Check them out. Midway Auto Dealerships, South 2nd Avenue in Kearney. Thinkmidway.com. New pre-owned. They're going to take care of you. Thank you for your business, not just in 2023, but over the past number of years. Looking forward to helping you again in 2024. I had the oil change on Tuesday and was in and out of there in 16 minutes, Doug. 16 minutes. In and out. Wow. Not very many customers on Tuesday morning because <laughs> because of the snow, but I got out. Yeah, go ahead. Also, congratulations to John Miller. Career win 800 last night. He's up at Stewart now. He's coached girls and he's coached boys. Darcy Strocky's uncle. But uh, yeah. uh, John has been up in the Stewart area. Southern Valley. And, and down yep. at Southern Valley in our area. He's been at a variety of different places. He actually was out of coaching for a little bit. But they won last night over Chambers Wheeler Central. Actually, kind of a rivalry game. 63 sure. 41. Congratulations to Coach Miller. 800. Yep. That's almost twice as many as, uh, you know, Mike Lanham had down there at Southern Valley. <laughs> Almost. Not quite. Uh, thanks so much to UNK women's basketball coach Drew Johnson, Steve Sippel of the link of the Husker Online and early break. Thanks to Sip. Tomorrow, Storm coach Anthony Noreen, Nebraska wrestling coach Mark Manning. You've been listening to a Doug and Daddy podcast brought to you by Cunningham's Journal. Cunningham's Journal, the only bar you need to know in Carnage. Oh, darling, I feel like amazing. Don't make me do that again. Game over!